Welcome to Diverse, a Society of Women Engineers podcast. SWE gives women engineers a unique place and voice within the engineering community. On Diverse, we highlight the incredible thought leaders and personalities in our community and discover who they are at home, at work, and in between. You can find all of our podcast episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and iHeartRadio. Hello, I'm Rachel Morford, President of the Society of Women Engineers. Welcome to Diverse, a SWE podcast. Please remember to subscribe and follow us on Instagram at SWE Diverse Podcast. On today's episode, I welcome Dana Johnson, President-elect of our organization. This month, my time as SWE President will come to an end, and I am very excited that we'll be welcoming Dana to her new role as President on July 1st. Thank you, Rachel. I'm so excited to be taking over, filling your shoes as president and leading the organization in the upcoming year. It's a fun role, I would say. I think all of my predecessors would say the same. And I know also shared the sentiment that I'm about to share with everyone. It's it's bittersweet. It's been a really fun year. It's been an odd year with COVID continuing and being in a hybrid situation and questioning whether or not we'd be in person for some events, but I am really proud of everything that we've accomplished this year. And I'm really, really excited to see what you lead the organization through next year. And you should be proud. It's been, to your point, an interesting year, but a great year. And I hope one that you always reflect on fondly. I'm going to guess that maybe some of our listeners don't know what all goes into being SWE president. And to your point, it was maybe a little bit different, but not too horribly different from a normal year. Are you comfortable sharing some of what you went through this last year? Yeah, I think probably a good place to start. So anyone who isn't aware of how you can become SWE president, there's a a few requirements in our bylaws. One is that you've served on the board of directors previously for a term. And so a few years ago, I served as the director of advocacy And in order to become a director and then president-elect and then president, you go through our society nomination process. And we've been going through some changes with our nomination process over the past few years with our special directors last year. That was really a key area that they looked at. What can we do to make sure that we're not introducing bias into the process and that our language in the call for nominations is as unbiased as we can make it? And I'm really proud of the work that the special directors did last year and that the nominating committee has continued to do into this year to ensure that we have as diverse a set of candidates as we possibly can who are interested in these roles and then a diverse slate that we're offering to the society. And that's something obviously you know very well that we've expanded to be on the nominating committee. It's any society leadership role, we have that consideration of our language and ensuring that we have a diverse pool of candidates. So I went through that process. My SWE bio, I think that folks have read before, lists all of my past SWE experiences that got me here. But there are a few things from this particular year. I know Heather talked about it when I did this same podcast with her last year, just to let everyone know what I won't say a day in the life of SWE president looks like, but maybe a a month in the life of SWE president. 
There's the society board meetings, which can be a hour and a half long meeting if they're virtual to a four hour meeting if we're having one of our longer virtual meetings or even a full day to two days of in-person meetings. So those were always fun this year because we were looking at the COVID situation up until the week before if we were going to be in person and making a decision about whether or not we would be wearing masks if people could travel because obviously if if someone tested positive for COVID or had any concerns, they weren't going to be able to join us. So there was a lot of last minute juggling of agendas this year, I think. And we had some really good conversations with other board members about what it meant to really have a board meeting and if we had to do things in person and if we could have hybrid meetings. And I think that that was really good dialogue. And it reflected very much what I expect most of us have seen in our industries as well. This question of how can we how can we be as responsive and open as possible to the needs of our our members and our leaders and our you know and in the work environment our staff but our staff in this case since we most of them are, are volunteers we obviously have our headquarters staff and that's something that Karen Hording was working very closely to make sure that she was being responsive to them but from my perspective how how can we be responsive to our volunteer staff and make sure that that we're not asking them to do something that they're not comfortable with. There's also the Senate meetings. The board of directors and the SWE presidents serve as non-voting members of the SWE Senate. And those meetings could have been a hour-long teleconference or a multiple-hour teleconference on Zoom. Or in a few cases, we had a a half-day to a full day of in-person Senate meetings. And I, as president, didn't serve on any of the subteams, but Dana, I know you can talk about what your experience was like serving on the annual strategic planning subteam that had a very big task this year of coming up with our next strategic plan. And then there's just the responsiveness to members through social media and email and really doing the day-to-day work of the society as the president, I would get a lot of emails from members and and would try to respond as quickly as possible to those, trying to engage people on social media when we had things that were happening, celebrating all of our heritage months and recognizing our affinity groups and all of the work that they're doing. And then I had some really awesome opportunities to reach out directly to some of our sections and participate in their events. I'm going to be speaking at the San Diego section's 40th anniversary that's actually in a couple of days from when we're recording this podcast. And I just love those opportunities to to talk with members. And I was thrilled with the fact that we could have all of our conferences and we local events with some level of in-person component. So getting to travel to each of those was I know something Heather and I had talked a lot about during our handoff last year about she hadn't been able to travel to anything. And, and I was really hoping that I could could get out there and shake hands and meet people. So no, that's great. I I know that over the last year it has been, at least for me, the extrovert, so refreshing to be able to get with members again and talk with them at conferences or even at in-person events. 
So I'm glad that you highlighted that as as something that is important to this role. To your point, it has absolutely been a year where we've needed to be fluid. I think that anybody living in anywhere in the world right now could recognize that, right? When we think about some of the different restrictions that we've had, and to your point, people finding out last minute that they're either under quarantine or they've tested positive or something like that, where they were not able to travel. So I think that it's it's a reflection of the flexibility of all of us on the board, but especially you, Rachel, to figure out how we could still conduct the business that we needed to and be efficient, but being mindful of all of the restrictions or challenges that were in place. Absolutely. I remember leading up to installation, that was obviously installation is usually a much bigger party. um, And there's usually least 100, if not 200 people who attend installation every year. And I remember getting a phone call from our company's leadership saying, we're going to have to neck it down to 50 people total, including all of our corporate executives who would attend. That was very quickly had to narrow down the attendance list. And it was obviously something where I wish more people could have participated, but we were flexible and we had a recording and it's available for people to watch. So I think I think that fluidity and flexibility, and as you said, Dana, it really is a testament to the commitment of all of our volunteers that we were able to be so flexible and and to our headquarters staff. Absolutely. Before we jump into some of your reflection on the year as president, I did have a question because I know I've got a couple of stories like this, but is there a defining moment leading through your SWE history that made you say, I want to be SWE president someday? You know, that's always... I I always have an interesting reaction to that question because I tend to take every role as it comes and want to do as much as I can to succeed in the role that I'm in at that moment and just continue to contribute to the organization. So I'm not sure that I could say that there's one particular moment where I said, I want to be SWE president. There were so many amazing, inspirational women who I met throughout my SWE career who became SWE president. And I they were inspirational to me before they became SWE president. And then when they became SWE president, I was amazed at how they handled themselves and what they were able to contribute to the, to the society. So I think that it was really that just continual flow and I would say a gradual buildup as I went through each of my roles to say, this is something that I want to do. Now, that being said, when I was on the board as director of advocacy, which obviously we don't have directors of anything anymore, I remember thinking as we were executing the the annual strategic planning process and coming up with the ops plan for the year and, and executing to those goals that I really wanted to be in a position where I could set those goals for the society and being really excited about the opportunity to say, okay, this is, this is what I think we should focus on this year and being able to set that direction. So although gradual, it, was, it probably was more in my second year on the board as director of advocacy that it was, it was a, yes, I see this on my career, my sweet career path. 
I'm curious I, about your story though. You mentioned you have a, have a couple of moments. So what were those? Well, and I think relating to yours, there is that gradual buildup. And I, I'm guessing most sweet presidents will say that, but I think the first light bulb for me that even recognizing what the role was or what it did was in 2009 when Nora Lynn was sweet president. And I was able to go to her very large and very different than yours, your installation, Rachel, apologies for COVID, but at least we were flexible and it was still a great event, but her very large installation. And I just remember thinking, this is amazing. I didn't even realize that something at this level was this impactful, this big. And it just opened my eyes to the uh, the opportunity that that was even potentially on people's radars, right? It, it wasn't even something that I had thought about yet. But seeing somebody so strong and powerful as Nora in a position like that and being able to influence such a wonderful organization at least opened my eyes to the fact that it existed. And of course, there's people over the years who plant little bugs in your ear, let's say. I'm sure you you had a few of those as well, Rachel, where you talk with different SWE leaders and it's always the, hey, have you thought about? And of course, it's a progression, right? It's a, have you thought about section leadership? Have you thought about this committee? Have you thought about board of directors or fill in the blank with any level of SWE position, right? But the gradual progression all the way up to, hey, have you thought about being SWE president? And finally, you know, at one point you get on the board and you realize, okay, well, maybe this actually could happen, right? That dream I had that seeing Nora up on stage in 2009, thinking it would be cool, but I don't know if I actually have a path there. You know, when it becomes reality is just something kind of interesting and different. And it, it feels really cool. I don't know that there, I'm sure there's plenty better words than cool, but it feels really cool. It does. No, I think, I think cool. Everyone understands what we mean when we say cool. I agree. I I think the first installation I went to is Judy Garzellini's in, in Boise, Idaho. And I remember I was there with Jessica Rano and it was several years ago and it was, it was very inspiring to be amongst so many women who were contributing so much to engineering and to SWE and yeah, cool is the perfect word for it. And to be a part of that group of former leaders is really, it gives me chills. You know, I'm, we're sitting here talking and I've got goosebumps because to think that, that I have joined or, or will soon join their ranks as a past president of the society is just, it's incredible. Well, now you gave me goosebumps. Okay. (laughs) Reflecting on your year though, there's a lot to be proud of. What are, what moments in in particular are you most proud of? I won't limit you to one. Well, thank you. That would would be certainly, that would certainly be difficult. You know, I think one is certainly when I was introducing our very first keynote speaker at the conference in Indianapolis, standing on stage talking about what Aspire to Inspire meant to me and looking out into that audience of thousands of people and being just so thrilled that we were together in person and that community that is so critically important to the sweet experience was was together in person and virtual right we were that was we were successfully executing a hybrid event at conference and the energy in that room 
I think is something that'll stick with me for the rest of my life. Emily, my daughter, who I was 36 weeks pregnant with at the time, was was kicking me in the rib cage. Um, so that'll be a fun story to tell her when she is older as well. So at least record her reaction. I would love to see that. <laughs> at some point, she'll probably roll her eyes and say, "Okay, mom, enough about enough about <laughs> this." So I think I think that was one thing. You know, I think a couple of the other times when I've been at the We Local conferences and. For those of you who didn't attend any of our We Local conferences, you know I, I think they're a great experience. If you have an opportunity in the future, if one is local to your area, you should certainly go to them. But I was able to bring my family with me to all of the We Local conferences, aside from Albuquerque. And so apologies to everyone in the conference in Albuquerque. You didn't get to meet Emily or, or the first partner, Matthew. But the support that I felt from everyone as I was carrying Emily with me to sessions and talking with members, I don't know that I had appreciated just how supportive of a, a community we had for working mothers until I was in that position. And, you know, the first college member who came up to me and said, you know, thank you so much for showing me that I can have a family while working as an engineer and being a kick-ass leader. I mean, that's another moment that'll stick with me and, and another moment that gives me chills mm -hmm. because I, you know, I was, I was doing it because it made sense for my family. And with my daughter being a few months old, it was just, I didn't, I couldn't imagine leaving her. I wasn't doing it because I thought it was going to have any sort of impact on anyone around us. But realizing in that conversation that it goes along with the theme, every action that we take has the opportunity to inspire someone around us, whether or not we realize it. And sometimes you're lucky enough to have someone come up to you and say, hey, what you're doing is something that I aspire to do. And, and you are inspiring me by what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis. It was just moments like that that stick out to me. That's great. I, I love hearing all of those. I think that you're learning what I've learned previously, although on a very different platform, just how supportive SWE members are of each other as working moms, as SWE leaders and moms, as moms in general. And I know I've been standing next to you when you've had people offer to hold Emily and make sure you had a chance to eat or anything just so that you could do what you needed to and make, you know, we're all women. We're going to make sure the baby's taken care of. That's not, not a problem at all. And I have appreciated every single one of those offers, including the offer someone made while I was on stage with Emily um, <laughs> to babysit her while I was on stage. And, and it was, I very much appreciated that person. Unfortunately, Emily was more interested in being on stage. So I think I have a little extrovert on my hands. <laughs> yeah, you might have some fun challenges in the, <laughs> the coming years. We'll, we'll see what that turns into. I do recall, and I want to get this memorialized in a podcast, something fun about Rachel was that her first tornado situation was actually in Des Moines. So she was mentioning bringing her family with, and I, well, Emily obviously had not been through a tornado warning before, but I believe you said that the first partner had, correct? 
Yes, yes. So Matthew, Matthew grew up in Montana and spent some years living in Minnesota. So he had experienced and tornadoes previously. So he was it was an old hat for him, but I was terrified. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't show it at all. Well, you showed it a teeny bit, but not much at all. And for those that were not in Des Moines at We Local, the evening of the awards reception, there was a tornado warning. Thankfully, we were in an interior low floor room of the hotel. So we were all considered quote unquote safe. We had a little bit of a fear that we were going to get an influx of non-we local attendees into our room, but the hotel did a great job diverting them. Clearly, we've all lived to talk about it. Rachel didn't even get to see a tornado. By Midwest standards, it's pretty low, but I'm glad that we were there to experience your first tornado warning. (laughs) Yes, so much fun. There's always something. There's always something at a sweet event. So there's always something. As you look back, I'm sure that this is not one of your biggest takeaways or lessons that you learned, but what were some of the big takeaways you had over the course of the year? I think certainly you know this because I think anyone who has held a leadership role in any organization, let alone sweet, knows that when you're in that leadership role, there's there's really not much that you yourself are personally executing you have a team, right? Your, your role as that leader is to set the objective and the direction and create baseline for what the work culture is going to be like. And then you rely on your teams to achieve results. And I always impressed by our SWE teams who work to accomplish not only the ambitious goals that we set out in the strategic and operational plan, but then the incredibly ambitious goals that they set for themselves. Absolutely. Um, so many, so many of them. Every time so I many. turn around, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so many goals. And I'm so glad we're all doing all of this, but it's a lot. It is a lot. And you know, I, I know you realize this because I've said it multiple times in board meetings, but it's the, how do we make sure that we're not trying to boil the ocean, right? right? We, we have to be very cognizant of our priorities and making sure that we're taking care of ourselves. And I hope that that was something that really came across in my interactions with all of the board this year is that, yes, we're trying to push the mission of SWE forward. And I want people to, to work to achieve these, uh, these really ambitious goals, but also to take the time to take care of ourselves, our mental health, our physical well-being. Over the last year and a half, we had had, well, at that point, it really had almost, it had been a year and a half of COVID and being mm-hmm. isolated. We had had so many, I think, challenges to to every single person's mental health that not being aware of that as the leader and, and not making sure that we were emphasizing, that I was emphasizing taking the time to take care of yourself and recognize that we have stretch goals. These are stretch goals and they're not necessarily going to be achieved in a single year of work and that's okay. So I, yeah. I think that that's something that was that was really important to me and you know I'm I'm obviously very proud of the work that we've done to update the language in our awards package and the criteria around our awards we're constantly learning and we are continuing to make updates as we learn. And so I don't expect that this is going to be something that's a one and done, but I know that that group has done so much to further 
eliminate bias and to make sure that that we're really recognizing as broad and diverse a group of women and men and and non-gendered individuals who are supporting the SWE mission as possible. I mentioned the nominating committee earlier. I think that's something that is all of their work is something I'm incredibly proud of. I'm really happy that we have an approved strategic plan for the next five years. That was a really critical element that I saw as, as needing to be approved by the time I completed off my term in office. So thank you for being one of the the leaders on that strategic planning process. Um, I'm not going to lie. I may have had more of a vested interest in that than you. <laughs> so I am also very happy that we approved that. Very happy. It certainly, it certainly is going to impact, right? And guide your direction more than it would have guided mine. But feather in your hat, it's done into your presidency. I'll start the execution of it. It'll be fantastic on for both of us. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I, you know, that is important to the business of the society and running the organization and, and having that. I talked about the objectives, right? The leader sets the objectives for what everyone is trying to work towards. And if we don't have that strategic plan, it's that much harder to set those objectives. Exactly. So exactly. thank you for everything you did and everything that entire team did. And obviously the Senate, the SWE Senate had a significant amount of, of contribution to that. I actually, speaking of the Senate, I really liked the fact that I was able to present to the Senate in the f- October at their October meeting about the FY22 operational plan and I spent a lot of time trying to tie the work that the Senate has done over the past several years and the work that all of our committees have done over the past several years to how they contributed to the development of an operational goal or even towards the completion of an operational goal, which are all in alignment with strategic goals. So I think it was the first time that we had done something like that. And I know talking with Sheree Kane, the Speaker of the Senate, it's something she wants to continue. So I'm very proud of it, Dana. I know it gives you a little bit more work next year, but I think that it's all in the best interests of of this. It's well underway. We'll be fine. I have no concerns. And I think it is a great best practice to ensure that our Senate and all of our groups understand how they fit into the overall strategic plan, right? The ops plan supports the strategic plan. So understanding what part of the organization they play in and how they've really helped us push the mission. Yeah, absolutely how all the puzzle pieces fit together. Yep, that. Okay, you've had an interesting year. I'm assuming many, most of the members are aware of the fact that you became a mom over the course of the year. I know we've talked about it today already, but talk to me a little bit about juggling being a mom, working full-time, and of course, being sweet president. Well, I'll start by saying that it was a bit nerve-wracking when I told the board at board four in FY21 that I was expecting a baby during my term. I don't know that anyone necessarily expects that that timing to work out, but I'm certain that should it ever happen again, everyone will be just as supportive as they were for me. But it, it was nerve wracking to share that news. I, I think for a lot of first time parents, there's a nerve wracking elements of telling your boss, well, I was basically telling my 
board of bosses right. <laughs> since, I, since I work so closely with everyone on the board. You know, it's like, hey guys, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be out for some period of time, and I, I don't know what that's going to look like. So that was nerve wracking, but so much support from everyone and so much excitement from everyone. I think everyone is very happy when there's babies around and it's excitement. And then when I when I found out I was having a little girl and shared that, there was obviously that much more excitement because we are the Society of Women Engineers. So there's a lot of excitement about the next generation. And Emily, if you're listening to this in the future, you can choose to study whatever you would like and be whatever you would like to be. But there was a lot of excitement about you potentially being the next generation of, of engineers in the family. And then I was very grateful that the timing worked out so well with annual conference. I know there was some question about whether or not I'd be able to attend, but it was the very last week that I was okay to travel and my doctor was comfortable with it. My husband less so, but he... (laughs) I can vouch for this. We had some chats. I had some very strict orders. (laughs) He was, he was, he was nervous. He came to, he followed me to a lot of things and He'll probably never let me forget that I jogged one morning to get to a morning keynote set up in time and he lost me in the crowd. And oh no, it was, uh, it's the fun stories like that will be, we'll, we'll be able to tell in, in five, five or six years. So I'll say that I was unaware of the jogging. I'm sure that we could have figured out another way. Maybe like Carrie and I could have tossed you on our shoulders and and jogged, although I'm probably not the best jogger. I'm going to chalk Carrie up for all of the running events, though. For those <laughs> that are unaware, Carrie Greenfelder on the board of directors is our our resident runner for sure. Yeah. So I think you know between between those things, I I tried really hard. So Emily was born four days before a board meeting in November, and I tried. I was I was home from the hospital. I tried very hard to get on that board meeting. And I, I was successful for about 15 minutes <laughs> um, that morning and introduced Emily to everyone. And then she she was not having any of it. And with a four-day-old at that point, I was just like, I don't know what I I don't know how to balance this. We had you covered. It's okay. <laughs> so yeah. So I I'm very proud of the fact that I, I missed that board meeting and that I, I missed the in-person portion of the Senate meetings, but I was able to catch up since those were recorded. But I don't, you know, I don't know that it, I'm proud of the fact that I, it didn't, I was able to continue to do a lot of my contributions to the society and through that time. And I think in part because I was on maternity leave and I wasn't trying to balance everything all at the same time. And I did rely very much on all of you. I mean, Dana, you know this. I, I relied a lot on the entire board of directors for those first few months to make sure that things were continuing and that we were still achieving and working towards those those goals that we had set out. And all of the credit to the board and to our committee leaders and our committee members and to the senators for really making sure that things continued while I was not 100% focused on SWE. And life happens, right? To your point, we don't know the timing of anything that's ever going to happen like this. It's an impossible task to engineer the schedule on which you have a baby. 
I'm very grateful it worked out the way it did and that you were able to be engaged as much as you were, Rachel. So maybe my last question for you is what advice do you have for me as I start my presidency in something like three weeks from today as we record? I would really encourage you to rely on every single one of your board members. I had monthly one-on-one tag-ups with everyone, and those were incredibly valuable to me. Dana, I know you and I had more more frequent tag-ups than that, but for just connecting with all of the board members, that was really valuable. And, and being able to, to check in and to delegate, I think that that's one of the, the biggest pieces of advice that I have is, is you're not going to personally be able to do everything that you set out to accomplish in the year. Again, going back to that comment I made earlier about the leader sets the the tone and the objective and the direction, and it's up to the rest of the organization to really achieve and execute. My my biggest advice to you is is to rely on your board members, all of them, right? They're they're each going to have a perspective and an ability to contribute and an ability to support you as you delegate to them. And then obviously, I think every every outgoing sweet president says this to the incoming sweet president, just enjoy and soak up as much as you possibly can. Every minute is is amazing. I remember waking up that first morning as sweet president and like, okay, I'm sweet president now. And there was a really great, amazing feeling of just like, okay, wow, this is incredible. So just soak up moments like that. And Everyone says to try and journal. I that was I didn't journal. Um, <laughs> okay. I I just didn't between everything, right? Like between balancing everything, something had to give. I didn't I didn't journal. I wonder, can I delegate the journaling? That sounds like a really that's, good thing. Oh, that's an interesting idea. I hadn't thought about doing that. Because I, I also am not a great journaler for anything. I'm gonna have to ponder that. I'm not sure who's got the right skill set. Yeah, that's a good one. The other thing that you might want to make sure you delegate is is asking someone to take pictures for that's you. That's what I was just thinking. Oh my goodness. I'm uh, so awful at that period. Yeah, I I look back at my the photos that are on my phone and I'm like, I don't think I took nearly as many photos as I would have wanted to. So, maybe think about delegating someone as your as your photographer buddy who can make sure that they get pictures of you doing things and with people. That's something that really struck me with, I would say, all of the We Local keynotes. They had these amazing pictures of themselves in the job or doing presentations or various leadership opportunities. And my gut reaction was, I don't think I have any pictures like this. So good advice. I will take that one to heart. Future board, FY23, I'm going to be tapping at least one of you, probably multiple, to be the photographer and maybe the journaler. Consider this helping your president out. It's going to be a really good year, and I am so excited for you and the FY23 board. I think maybe I have some time to to flip the script on you a bit and ask some questions of you. Absolutely. Wonderful. So we've talked a lot about things that I've been I've accomplished and through the work of the team and and what I'm proud of. Can you tell us a little bit about your vision for your year as president? Yeah, I'm really excited about this. I think a number of our members are aware of the fact that over the last handful of years, 
we've worked really hard to expand our presence globally and to really be able to offer various services for the needs of our global members. And this is something that I've become passionate about and I'm really excited about. If you have not yet heard the theme for the year and for We 22, it is a world of opportunity awaits. And I like that theme for so many reasons, but especially the fact that we as an organization, there's a world of opportunity out there for us. So I'm really excited about the opportunities we have to continue to spread the word of SWE, to really work towards the mission. You know, I think about my colleagues that are outside of the US and the benefits that they have, they would have from some of the different services that we provide and, and even just the support network, right? One of my favorite things about SWE is the network that we have of women that push each other, that help each other grow, that provide that mentoring, that shoulder to cry on and everything else. So I, I really hope that over the next year and of course, coming years, it's in our strategic plan for the next number of years, we continue to see that community of women across the globe grow and continue to push for the mission of SWE and really grow our membership and and our just grow our presence globally. Yeah, I think that that is definitely something that everyone is excited about. And as we announced at We Local London, our, our increased presence in Europe, and I know our our. Africa task force and all of the work that's happening in South America and and India, obviously it's just, there's so much potential and I'm excited to see where you take it. I'm super excited about it too. So hang tight, fingers crossed that COVID continues to work in our favor. I'm hopeful that our conferences will be in person next year. We'll see. Can you tell us a little bit about the reaction that you got from your family and friends and coworkers when they learned that you were going to be the the president elect and then obviously the the president that comes after that role. Uh speaking of goosebumps. Okay, so I mentioned I'm a mom. I have a currently 5 and 8 year old and I got the call from the nominating committee when my I guess he would have been 6 and a half almost 7 year old son at the time was on winter break. And of course, I told my husband first, and he looked a little bit nervous. Rachel, maybe you can relate. If your husband has any words of wisdom for Chris, I'm sure he would gladly take them. But there's a little bit of fear. But my older son, you know, going on seven, Sui has been an integral part of his life. He's aware of the fact that mom goes on sweet trips and has sweet friends and does sweet work and has sweet meetings. But I was able to tell him and he got like the biggest smile on his face and just threw his arms around me in a bear hug and like goosebumps talking about it. It still gets me a teensy bit choked up because he just understands the importance of sweet to me, understands the importance of it beyond just me, right? The importance of it to the world. And he actually, a quick funny story, when he was probably about three, we were talking about what mom does and what dad does. And I said, hey, you know, dad's an engineer too, right? And he laughed. He's like, mom, dad, uh, men can't be engineers. Boys can't be engineers. And I, like, I still bust up laughing because I worked so hard to convince him that women can be engineers that apparently he didn't realize men could be engineers too. So <laughs> lasting memories of, of him, I think he's going to be at a really good age to see some interesting reactions. 
of course, my younger son now is getting old enough that he's at least excited about going downtown Chicago for a party. I'm not sure that he fully grasps everything else, but he's getting the importance of it. And I, I'm looking forward to see how, how it plays out over the course of the year as he starts to understand more and more. Sounds like you definitely have a he for sweet affinity group member on your hands, at least one, if not three. Um, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We're working on it. That's a great story, Dana. I got chills too. And I am so happy that that was his reaction. And Matt will obviously be happy to share words of wisdom with Chris. I know that the previous first partners have, have given Matt all sorts of recommendations and advice. And he actually commented at one point that during the We Local London, he had been told that I would be the celebrity, but he thought that Emily had really turned into the celebrity. So um, it happens. A, a heads like, up. Babies and puppies, right? Like babies, puppies and husbands, everybody, everybody gets excited about all of them. Yes. But your kids might have more of a celebrity status than you do in your well, year as sweet president. So we'll see how many appearances they make. I, they won't make <laughs> as many as Emily for sure, but we'll see. Well, can you, I'm sure you mentioned earlier, you've gotten a lot of advice and, and people tapping you on the shoulder and saying, have you thought about, but have you gotten any advice in preparation for your role as we president in particular that you would be willing to share with the audience? I was just recently told that I need to make sure I've got somebody journaling and taking pictures. So I think that's <laughs> crucial. Absolutely going to make sure that happens. But uh, to your point, Rachel, so many people have said, enjoy the ride, right? Like you, there's so much work that leads up to the beginning of the year. And I've, I've been reflecting on this already, right? The operational plan for the year is not quite done. It's not approved yet, but it's, it's very close. The strategic plan for the coming years is done. The budget is going to be getting voted on. We've got the assignments for the different directors and people are understanding what their goals are going to be for the year and how they work together. And I feel like so much of that, so much work goes into that, right? Getting everything going the right direction, getting everybody pushing the same direction. And I think that like, that's a, a huge first step. I'm hoping, obviously I, I'm not letting the foot off the pedal here, but I'm hoping like, as we get to that first day, right? July 1st, and we start you know, the, the shift has happened and we're moving forward. I'm hoping that I can take a step back and just soak it up to your point, right? Understanding that there will never be that first day of being sweet president again, understanding that there will only be one annual conference that I'm sweet president at and just being able to appreciate and understand the significance of those various events. There have yeah. been plenty of people that have definitely ma made that recommendation to me. Clearly, Rachel, you said you got that from many people as well. So I, I hope I can take that to heart. If you run across me at conference and I look like I'm not taking that to heart, please like smack me across the face, yell at me, do something to get my attention and redirect me to soaking it up as well. I'll certainly remind you. I probably won't <laughs> resort to the physical violence, but yes, I will remind you. And I think, you know, as you I mean, the lead up to the year, the one thing I would also say is, you know, the, the, the first half of the fiscal year is always the most intense. Right. And it does, it does get to a point where things are, where you are able to step back and enjoy them. So don't worry that will come. <laughs> I, know it, I know it doesn't feel like it right now, but it will come. So. Oh, I'm sure it will. I have faith. <laughs> Last question. 
Why is becoming sweet president so important to you? Oh man, that's a tough one. I think that for me, one of the gut reactions I had after after Luke gave me the giant bear hug was that this could be the most impactful thing, the biggest thing I do in my life. And I right selfishly, I hope it's not, but it very well could be. And I think having that acknowledgement, understanding you've got the honor to be able to help set the direction and influence so many women and really push society. I'm going to use the broad society here. I really hope that we can have an influence on the broader society and and make, this is going to sound a little pageant, like a pageant here, but really hope that we've got the ability to push the needle enough and, and get society to understand that you know, this is this is for the greater good, right? This is what we do to make the world a better place. And I know that there's so many causes that people could give their time to, but I think that, you know, each of us, each of the SWE members that we have, we're so passionate about this mission. We're we've lived it. We understand why it's important. We have those personal stories. And to be able to contribute to that mission, like again, we're we've had all the goosebumps today, Rachel. We're gonna get goosebumps again just understanding that you've got the ability to impact that and really change our organization and society for the better. I think that's that's what gets me out of bed in the morning. That is, speaking of goosebumps, that's a, again, a moment. I, you gave me goosebumps when you were saying that. I, hadn't, I had not considered the role to be the most impactful thing that you could do in your lifetime, but that's, that's really very inspiring as well. So I think that you are certainly going to help move the needle within the Society of Women Engineers. I know the culture study that will be kicking off is going to make, you know, really be a huge contributor to that. And all of the work that you're doing to push the Society for Global Expansion is going to be a contributor to that. And everything that, that all of our members do to advocate for women engineers around the world. Um, and to advocate for the profession is helping move society, the broader society, as you said, forward. So thank you for sharing that, Dana. Thank you for giving me the platform too. I'm, this is bittersweet. I said it, I think I said that at the beginning. This is a bittersweet. This is my last podcast recording. And I'm so glad that it was with you, Dana, and to hear about what your plans are for the upcoming year and to spend some time reflecting personally. I am so excited for you to start your journey as sweet president on July 1st. And I can't wait to see all of the amazing things that you and the FY23 board set out for us next year. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you for your leadership this year. It's been great working with you. And I hope that you enjoy your ride off into the sunset into what I've been told is the best role in SWE past president. It's funny how everyone talks about that. And I'm not sure that you appreciate it until you're in sort of that last few months of your sweet president. And then you're like, okay, I can see why this might be the best (laughs) role. (laughs) I will ask you, you know, in six months, how you feel about that. And I'm sure it will impact my thoughts on the the role as well. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, thank you everyone for listening. I hope that you have enjoyed my time as the host of this podcast. And I really appreciate all of your support of my year as SWE president and encourage you to be 
equally, if not more supportive of Dana's year as SWE president. I'm Rachel Morford. For all of us at SWE, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Diverse. Please don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with your social network. You can keep up to date with our podcast on Instagram at SWE Diverse Podcast and on our blog, altogether at altogether.swe.org.